0: Good morning and welcome to episode 46 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindbergh, And in Long Beach, California, where the crickets are quiet, uh, it is Sam Miller. So, Miguel Cabrera homered again. The What, you're just jumping right into it? No, no. Uh, Cabrera homered again. The Orioles and Mariners are locked in another extra inning game. I see. So everything that is one day old is new again. Uh I
1: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your introduction. <laughs> that is
0: quite all right. Uh, and Ryan Howard hit a clutch home run, inspired by your article, no doubt.
1: Yeah, except my article was limited to Babip, so I can't really take any credit for home runs that he hits in clutch situations. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: so what's your topic? Uh Mike Trout. Okay, well, then mine is sort of similar, Uh, or at least it involves Mike Trout, and it also involves Miguel Cabrera again, and it is the AL MVP debate. Oh, good. Uh, So I don't know where it makes sense to start. Is yours directly directly related to the MVP?
1: No, mine's not related to the MVP at all. Why don't we just start with yours, and it will bleed into
0: my discussion about Mike Trout. Okay. Uh, So when I woke up yesterday, uh, the internet, or actually I never really went to sleep, but when I returned to Twitter, uh, the internet was already um, a Twitter, I guess you could say, uh, about the AL MVP debate, which is suddenly a debate after looking for a lot of the season like it wouldn't be one. Um, Of course, Cabrera is making a strong push for the Triple Crown Award, as we talked about yesterday. And Mike Trout has cooled off a little bit in September. And so that has kind of uh, created an opening for people to to have a debate where once there wasn't one. Um,
1: today, today uh, by the way, today, which you would refer to as yesterday in your yes. uh in your uh, typical habit of lying about what day we're recording this, (laughs) I I talked about the MVP race with um, Pat Mm O'Brien on the the radio, which was uh, quite a trip Mm -hmm. because it's
0: Pat O'Brien. So you've already done a dry run for this episode. Um, So, I mean, there was kind of an immediate backlash to even the idea that – Trout would have some competition for this award. And then there was sort of a backlash to the backlash of people saying that, well, even if we, even if certain people might think it's obvious, you still have to justify your choice. And, uh, it's not enough to just quote some win value statistic and leave it there. Uh, and so there's been a bunch of discussion and a lot of name calling and insults thrown around. And I wonder whether you think, uh, as the resident authority on Mike Trout, uh, whether there should be a debate, whether anyone who tries to have a debate is just looking for page views or diluted or any of the other uh, accusations thrown around, uh, and just whether you think Cabrera is, is really any kind of competition for Trout.
1: Well, he's not any kind of competition for Trout. And uh, I think to make the case for Cabrera, um, basically, if you look at Miguel Cabrera's uh, statistics, he looks like an MVP. And so you look at that, and it's easy to conclude that this is a race because guys who have Miguel Cabrera's numbers are always MVP candidates. And uh, especially when you bring in the idea of a triple crown, which for a hundred years a triple crown meant that you dominated uh, across the board. Um, and uh, you, it's—I don't know if anybody's ever won the triple crown and not won the MVP, uh, but I imagine it would have been uh, nigh unthinkable uh, before, you know, relatively recent history. Um, but the fact is that Miguel Cabrera. Um, uh, cannot hold up to any sort of scrutiny whatsoever when you compare him to Mike Trout. And the obvious way of looking at it is that uh, Mike Trout is uh, a more, uh, arguably has been just as good as an offensive player this year as a hitter. And um, once you sort of accept that general premise, which is pretty easy to show, um, you're left with the um, fact that he is unanimously a superior defender and unanimously a superior base runner and those things matter as well. And there's not even a um one is in the playoffs kind of debate to be had because they're both in nearly the same um playoff situation this year. So I don't think that there's really much that you can uh that you can point to for Miguel Cabrera unless you um really just want to stick with RBIs, which is not something that we accept.
0: So why do you think that we're talking about this? Obviously, you and I are talking about this because other people are talking about this. Um, why do you think the other people are talking about it? Is it just is it just a, an overvaluation of certain Miguel Cabrera statistics uh, or an undervaluation of Trout's? Or is it really mostly just an attempt to stir things up or have some sort of column quota filled um, with the MVP, MVP debate which is often a source of columns at the end of the season
1: Well, um, I don't I think stir things up is uh, sounds a little bit worse than what I think it is. I, I mean, I think that other people are talking about it for the same reason that we're talking about it, and they're perhaps not quite so meta about it as we are, but um, the fact is that it's a uh, it is the time of year where um, your the MVP conversation is is ongoing, and if you're a columnist and you want to write about the MVP conversation, then you write about the MVP conversation, and it builds up, and pretty soon we're all having a conversation. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly um, uh, trolly about it or page view hoary uh, about it. Um, I just think it's a it's it, it kind of naturally happens. You you really can't. You really just can't ever have a non controversial award. There's always going to be people who go, you know, well, what about this guy? What about this guy? And the conversation happens. Also, I don't know how much people have actually looked at it. Um, like I said, Miguel Cabrera's numbers scream MVP um, until you put a little scrutiny into it, and it could just be that. Um, a lot of people haven't put a whole lot of scrutiny into it.
0: Yeah, and Larry Granillo wrote a blog post at BP, which should be up today. And it is not a lie to say today, because it is after midnight in my time zone. Um, and he wrote about how maybe there was uh, an element of old school versus new school to this debate, or that uh, Cabrera's candidacy might have been stronger in the past. Obviously, there. Have been some questionable MVP choices in BBWAA history. Um, a lot of them were based on counting stats and RBI. Uh, obviously, Cabrera is much more than an empty, you know, RBI column or a full RBI column. But uh, do you think that do you think Trout is more appreciated now, or the full extent? Uh, of his achievement this season is more appreciated now that maybe we have a better handle on defense and base running and non RBI statistics? Hmm. Or, I mean, that... is, is he just so good that really in any era uh, people would understand that he is having a historically great season?
1: It's a good question. I do think that the um, advanced statistics have penetrated. The minds of just about everybody who writes about baseball to some degree or another and so uh, i don't want to say that uh his warp or whatever isn't a factor at all but um normally the guys who are undervalued by win above replacement models um uh, sorry who are undervalued until mm-hmm. win above replacement models come into a play uh it is usually that their defense is overlooked or their base running is overlooked and mike trout uh actually seems to um to get attention for his defense and his base running in old school ways as well i don't think that his stolen bases would have been ignored 20 years ago um even if that's not the best way to measure base running. Um, And I don't think that his home run saving catches would have been ignored 20 years ago, even if that's not the best way to measure defenses. So I think that it's probably the case that 20 years ago, people would be um, just absolutely losing their minds over Mike Trout, just like we are today.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, So what aspect of Mike Trout did you want to bring up?
1: Well, um, uh, as you know, as not everybody knows, but as you know, I wrote a piece about Mike Trout for ESPN, the magazine that is coming out uh, this week that may be in your mailbox. It is in many people's mailboxes right now, uh, or hopefully you've checked your mail. It is um, in my inbox. It is? What's that?
0: It is in my inbox. Uh, you have it? You have
1: a copy? Uh,
0: well, no. You sent it to me, but it will be in my inbox uh, in digital form, which is how I get ESPN, the magazine.
1: Okay, you are confusing this conversation. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, I just wanted to point uh, to my favorite, um, I don't know, probably my favorite Mike Trout factoid that um, I came across as I was reporting this. Um, and that I think tells us a l- lot about Mike Trout. It tells us a lot maybe about... Um, uh aging curves, or maybe it tells us nothing. It might just be one of those small sample things. But everybody talks about uh the importance of adjusting for young players and the idea that uh that young players will have to adjust because the league will adjust to them and then they will have to adjust to the league and the league will adjust again and all of that. And that it is a game of adjustments. And um, Mike Trout in his first at bat against a starting pitcher in a baseball game is hitting 293 and he has four home runs. Um, in his second at bat uh, against those pitchers, he ha- he's hitting 368 and he has hit seven home runs. And in his third at bat, he is hitting 402 and he has nine home runs. And that's a, you know, that's a, obviously that's a massive difference between 293 and four home runs and 402 and nine home runs in about the same number of plate appearances. And it's not even like one of those BABIP things. Um, The difference really is um, obvious across his entire stat line in his first at bat against starting pitchers in a game. He has 32 strikeouts and five walks in his third at bat against pitchers. He has 14 strikeouts and 13 walks. And, uh, so I concluded from this for the purposes of the narrative and probably in real life as well, um, that this suggests that this is a guy who adjusts that, um, he's seeing these guys for the first time and they have, uh, they basically have one shot to get him and he's good in that first at bat in that one shot that they have. He's still pretty good. Um, but he really becomes elite the second time and otherworldly the third time And uh, I think that if this is uh, significant, then it suggests something pretty impressive about his ability to adjust. And um, uh, the reason that I mentioned the aging curve is that it is a mystery to me why some players uh, do so well when they're young and other players don't. And I've never really understood, um, and I haven't ever really gotten a great answer. Uh, about what the mechanism is that actually causes that. Is it, is it about their fast twitch muscles? Is it about their size? Is it about their mental abilities? Is it about, uh, the ability to adjust? And, um, uh, Torrey Hunter told me that, Trout, I mean, obviously Mike Trout has very superior tools. He is a, uh, he has an incredible, uh, body for a baseball player he runs very fast and he is very strong and that's a big part of the Mike Trout story but Torrey Hunter says you know he he Mike Trout is not the the toolsiest guy he's ever seen he's not uh, he's not even it I I, if I'm recalling this correctly I'm paraphrasing but he said you know he's not even all that extraordinary he's he is like a lot of guys he is a superior athlete he's a great athlete but there are a lot of great athletes in baseball Um, and what he sees in Trout is an ability to uh, see pitches in ways that other guys can't see pitches and to learn about pitchers in ways that other guys his age don't learn about pitchers and um, if that's true then it suggests um, I don't know that, that Uh, there's, well, I don't know what it suggests, but it, it sort of answers the question that I've been trying to get the angels, um, and people around the angels and opponents of the angels and scouts to tell me all summer, which is why is Mike, uh, Mike Trout able to do this? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, it's sort of a scary statistic for pitchers that he adjusts that quickly. If, if that adjustment carries over from game to game, as well as at bat to at bat within games, um, I don't know whether you've looked at that at all, but uh, I mean, obviously he's faced uh, a higher percentage of pitchers he's never seen before this season than he will in any subsequent season. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if he does have these preternatural adjustment abilities, uh, that should be frightening to the rest of the American League.
1: Yeah, I did look at second uh, second time facing guys, and, and it's just that he hasn't faced many guys Uh, Second times or third times yet He's still seeing most of the league For the first time uh, even now Um, So we're starting to see a little bit More of it now but next year will Obviously be a lot different for him He'll have seen most guys And and everybody on the Angels sort of talked About that uh, How challenging it is to be um, Facing a league for the first time uh, And that the advantages Really uh, on the pitcher's side uh, Even if you're an unknown Even if you're a rookie and, um, trout after every, every at bat, uh, he goes back and talks to his hitting coach and it, it, it almost seems like, um, overkill, you know, I would ask his hitting coach, well, you know, what did you tell him? And his hitting coach is like, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> just, just, you know, stay, 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 stay strong up there, you know, because yeah. it's not that much, but, um, trout told me that, um, that the, uh, I was asking him about his swing, I think at one point. And he said that um, the swing stuff, you know, when, when we focus on, oh, this guy lowered his hands or this guy's, uh, you know, doing something differently with his mechanics is way less important than the conversations that these players are having in the dugout between at bats. Um, and, you know, he he consults with Torrey, Some uh, Tory often bats uh, after him and so is on deck and he'll consult with Tory in between pitches, um, which just again goes to the importance of the idea of. Of adjustment, and that's a hard thing probably for us to see because we uh, don't. Re- you, it's hard to see that stuff on tape, and it's hard to really know uh, the the process, uh, the the thinking process of hitting, uh, having never done it before. But um, it seems to be a significant part of Trout's success.
0: I feel like Tory Hunter, aside from Mike Trout himself, has been the biggest beneficiary of Mike Trout mania um, because he is the go-to guy who's known as uh, a thoughtful person and a good quote in the Angels clubhouse. And there are only so many times you can ask Mike Trout about Mike Trout uh, and only so many times you can ask the other Angels about Mike Trout, but Tory Hunter is seemingly always available to talk about Mike Trout. Um, and he had a good reputation as a clubhouse guy before. I feel like after this season, he can hang on as a good clubhouse presence until he's 60 or so, if he'd like to
1: if he'd like to he wants to be a GM but uh i it'll be interesting to see actually whether this affects his free agency at all cuz he will be a free agent after this year um and it is my opinion it's my personal opinion that he has probably priced himself out of the Angels plans i thought that they would i thought that the the likelihood of his return was inversely proportional to his OPS this year um, so it's just sort of a gut feeling I have that he'll get a better deal somewhere that needs him, but maybe not, and maybe the angels i mean the angels obviously do value his role in that club has a great deal, and they might value it even more with trout
0: but yeah maybe he's not. i mean he's obviously aged very well um on the field, but he's i feel like he's just kind of adding millions in mentoring money at this point um, but uh but yes. So, uh, we covered Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera and the AL MVP, and that's good because no one else was discussing those things. So
1: Can we talk about Burt Blylevin's Hall of Fame candidacy next?
0: <laughs> Just for old time's sake. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back with one more show this week, uh, episode 47, on Friday.